0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Sober Life Audio Experience. I'm your host, Brian Amaro, and I am in the studio in San Diego, California, with an amazing, incredible guest. feel really honored. We're in for a special treat today. The awesome, incredible influencer, Jessica Landon.
1: Oh, influencer. Influencer. Wow,
0: thank
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here in person. In and person. Not over the phone so much better.
0: Absolutely. And totally influencer. Like if you're not following Jessica Landon, you're <laughs> you're missing out. You need to check her on Instagram. It's very inspiring. Thank you. Um she showed up like a warm bundle of joy, and we're ready to go deep. We're ready to get raw, and we're ready to get real. So yeah. I acknowledge you for being here. She came in all the way from Los Angeles.
1: That's right.
0: And we're ready to drop some uh, some hope for y'all.
1: Some hope we, and truth.
0: Yeah, we always like to uh, start off a little, little different today. And, and y'all, Roman is not here today. He is currently handling an emergency over at the uh, treatment center. So send him a little prayer. And we'll start off, we'll get right into it, Jess. What is your vision?
1: Huh, I've never been asked that. Um, with recovery, what is the vision? Recovery, my vision?
0: your personal vision, what do you want? What do you hope to see? Like, what's, what's your vision?
1: I mean, I feel personally obligated to share my truth with the world. Because I think that mm. is going to create awareness. It's yeah. going to help... Eradicate stigma. Right, it's going to help eradicate um, the way we judge people by by the cover yeah. of what they look like. I think telling our truth. I, I think encouraging other to tell their others to tell their story is so important. So I think the vision is just to recover out loud and and encourage others to recover out loud.
0: So truth being like recover out loud. Like what's what? I mean, people. I, and I just, and I'm going to prod a little bit. Yeah, do. because people are like, oh, well, like what's your truth? Da da, da. Like. Sum that up for us.
1: Well, truth is, what is your story? What okay. have you learned? What is the meaning behind your why? Why are you here? What what have you found to be your truth this far? Like, what have you learned in life? And share it with us. And we all have something different. Not just people in recovery. I think everyone should be talking about what their mean, the meaning is that they have found in their lives. You know, whether it's love or relationships or...
0: A hundred percent. You know and that takes courage that takes knowing that you matter having a voice being heard these are all things that I think matter to the human condition exactly and uh it's all like very fruitful it's very tasty
1: exactly and our experiences shape who we are so yeah. it really is just a matter of of tapping into who we are based on our experiences and sharing that with the world and and it's not just in recovery or, or alcoholics and addicts because we've all suffered trauma and like childhood, adverse childhood experiences that. And I think it's just important to really like tap into that truth.
0: Yeah. And let it be. Right. Yeah, exactly. Beatles said it. Cool. Question number two. Yeah. What do you love?
1: Ooh, I love a lot because okay. I'm a lover, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I love laughing. Okay, like genuine, like gut laughing, like
0: belly, belly, laughing, belly
1: laughing like you're 13 (laughs) years old and you're with your best friend in the cafeteria and she just snot rocketed or something like that kind of laugh (laughs) kills me. I love it. I live for it. And that's why I do funny videos on Instagram because I love to laugh.
0: I dig it. I dig it. And I have laughed pretty hard at a few of them. I think that that's something that makes the world a better place. Like, let's get Absolutely. some more laughter out there, yo! Like, exactly. let's 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 ease attention a little bit. Exactly Damn. with
1: the everything so tragic that goes on in the right? news, and we gotta laugh.
0: Yeah, it's a coping skill. It's a you survival know, skill. Let it out. Let exactly. it out. Okay. Question number three: What is a book that has influenced or shaped your life?
1: Oh gosh, hands down, A Return to Love by re- Marianne Williamson. Really. Oh yeah,
0: What's, I, I I haven't gone there. What's oh, up with that? you
1: are missing out. It's okay. golden. Okay, it, it is golden. It a is the book. Love. I mean, that stripped my ego, stripped my fear-based thinking, and it's kind of an introduction to the Course in Miracles as well. Ah. I don't know if you've heard of a Course in Miracles? Yeah,
0: I have. I've actually I've known a few people that have done that and have had Transform some pretty their tremendous. Lives. Yeah,
1: it's transformative.
0: Whoa, word, got it. Okay, let's get some background on you, Jess. Hey. Let's get some uh, some info, some context. Let's set the stage. We've got the lights. Sweetie. And let's uh, let's hear about you.
1: What would you like to know? <laughs> Do you want some to basic just...
0: info, maybe. Are, are you from California? I'm
1: from, and... Yeah, an hour east of L.A., Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. Moved to L.A. when I was like 19. I was teaching dance at the time. I grew okay. up dancing.
0: Got it, ballet um, or? Ballet, jazz, okay.
1: hip-hop. Uh, modern, lyrical. yeah. I Damn,
0: okay. And, yeah. So you're dancing, you're like running. And yeah. I mean like obviously we're here, this is a recovery show. So right. some point, what happens? Someone slips to Mary Jane that way? <laughs> or or do you, you know, meet up with Queen Alcohol? Or? You know,
1: I, I think my drink was a little anomalous in that it started way younger secretly like i was drinking in the closet from like 12 on i was just but but i pretended to be a goody goody in high school got it like i I never went to parties or anything i was just stealing my dad's liquor in his cabinet before and after school and like you know just doing this weird in the like solo solo by myself Like, what about your
0: girlfriends? no
1: never i told them i didn't i I didn't drink nobody knew that i like had this weird scene started with food okay so that was my like got okay it. this is my first medication I, I got yeah. my release from food Medicaid okay. I suppressed my feelings with food successfully for like a couple years okay. then it it transmuted to, to alcohol
0: yeah it took a new shape a new shape a virus. and then
1: I had both exactly yeah. then I had both of them I was sort of managing both of them through high school without anyone knowing in the closet then when I moved out, um, then I, I was an everyday drinker, but it was mostly, I was high functioning.
0: Left Cucamonga. Now you're Went head. Went to LA. Okay. Into LA.
1: F- I fell into acting cause I was teaching dance. Right. My, my agents for, for dance were like, oh, we can send you out on more, uh, music video stuff okay. if you get, take an acting class. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so not going to like this cause I'm like, I have an introverted side. I don't really like social situations. Mm-hmm. Give me anxiety. And I ended up. Being able to kind of play off that, and I loved acting. It was became a really? forte, and I just fell in love with it. Okay. And then, I, yeah, I started acting. I think I got my first um, – NBC had a show called Medical Investigation, so I got my first guest star when I was, like, 21.
0: Whoa, whoa, word. Okay, so, like, sounds like it's kind of fun a little bit.
1: Well, um – A little bit, but I I was using alcohol to manage to do all that.
0: Okay. So kind of like stress release, anxiety.
1: Anxiety. Kind of like
0: just that nice little warm hug at the end of the day. I
1: used it before auditions all Mm. the time. Okay. And I like explaining this because I think other people can relate that used alcohol in this way performers. Yeah. Especially like Gary Oldman. He's talked about this. But I used it as it it would alcohol and obviously... The older, the more it progressed, the shorter this window became. But yeah. it helped quiet my inner critic and my ego, mm. and shut down my overactive self-editing system. Okay. And I was able to just get in the pocket, just yeah. get in the flow, and like I would go on, I would just be on fire. Yeah, with improv or yeah. with performance or delve into the character, and I could just get out of my own way. And I don't mi- say this to glorify alcohol. No, I, I say it because I found it in recovery, and I didn't find it in well,
0: alcohol. Well, and I think many people use it because it works. It works for first. a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't not like It totally works. Exactly. And, and then, we run with that. And
1: we run with it until we just can't yeah. do it anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, we totally run with that. And and I think that, you know, at some point, we end up crossing a line. The invisible line. You know, and, and I think most of us cross it, even unbeknownst to ourselves. Exactly. You know, and we run that, that racket, if you will, for some time that we realize later on that even when we want to. I mean, I know for me so long I never wanted to stop. Like why oh, I would I ever want to, to stop something yeah. that's getting me in the zone? Like exactly. got me in the in in the in the moment present, like right. really living like my best life, if you will. Right. What appears to be. What so appears to be what appears to be, and that right. appears <laughs> right like, that's let'sphas <laughs> the lie that. you're telling yourself <laughs> exactly, so you know later on, you know sounds like uh, as with most people do do consequences pile up or are things starting to happen no, like oh, you know f- how do you know that it's becoming problematic?
1: Well, I knew right out of the gate, it was problematic because it was a secret, I okay. knew that was wrong, I mean, I knew oh, okay, snap. this is okay. really um okay. If I can't tell anyone about it, then then there's a reason to be shameful.
0: Okay. So it's coming. So So you're getting a payoff, but it's also costing a price.
1: Exactly. Because it was my big secret. And
0: and the payoff was outweighing the cost.
1: And I think that was part of the high for me because I started packing, like, those little airplane shot bottles and, like, a water bottle full of vodka. I would take it everywhere in my purse in this, like, secret pocket. And part of the high was, like, you know, going out and doing stuff with people, pretending to be sober, and going into the stall and, like, you know pounding yeah. a couple shots and then being like this is my great personality aren't i so extroverted like i'm yeah. just so amazing and on point aren't I? you know and it's like acknowledge I'm totally
0: me drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly right acknowledge me please <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: just such a weird bizarre thing and then for me it wasn't the consequences that built up for me it was a very i crossed a very physical line like mm-hmm. it was very obvious um well, and and obviously neurochemically we cross a line. Yeah, and I remember when that shift happened neurochemically. Tell us about it. Um, well, it, it, physically, I started. You know, I would wake up with the shake. I, I started obsessing so much to where I couldn't. Um, I I couldn't go like an hour without thinking about okay like panicking as to where the alcohol is going to be or where i'm going to get it or how i'm going to get there or wow. and i would have panic att- i started having panic attacks because okay. i was afraid how long like flights i couldn't take flights yeah you can't like wait till you're in the air you'd have to wait 30 minutes to get a shot I yeah
0: mean, did xanax help with that or other things or was it still just alcohol was, was this
1: just okay. alcohol okay if i had known that like
0: there were, other... there
1: were other ways of like medicating that anxiety, but I just, I knew alcohol was the only, yeah. also alcohol didn't make me, it gave me energy. It didn't make me go to sleep. It just took away the anxiety. And I think Xanax and Valium, they just made me sleep. Got it. So I didn't like that. Got it. You know, it's. You
0: want to be up.
1: Yeah, there, it would yeah. give. It was like crack. I remember someone was like, "Man, you drink vodka like it's cocaine." Like you get <laughs> up, and I would just like clean my. I would do all this stuff, but then of course I would overshoot the mark immediately, mm-hmm. pass out, and then be at a point four seven in the ER like did, hours yeah, later. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Wow. Did you ever try to control? And did, oh yeah, okay. So you you were unable to really control your your using oh, no. your drinking. No,
1: I was able to control since thirteen to like twenty for t- till i started getting physically dependent i could okay. control i was an everyday habitual like i was everyday drinker but i could definitely control it for like maybe 8 years and okay. then once i started getting physical symptoms of withdrawal yeah. it was all over it was yeah. like i would literally be able to sleep in the night for like Two hours, So I had to put a big smart water full of vodka next to my bed because wow. I would be start vibrating yeah. all over yeah. in like two hours hitting withdrawal. So Word. I had to pound, you know? Okay.
0: Okay. What, what were like the series of events or major moments, if you will, that had you begin your journey, obviously, you know, and I, you know, your Instagram, you have some pretty revealing yeah. photos on there. Uh, Again, if y'all haven't checked her out, Jessica Landon, it's really inspiring. Um,
1: He doesn't mean revealing by, like, I'm naked on my Instagram. He means revealing as in I've got blood and Yeah,
0: like, it's, it's, (laughs) she was in the depths of despair. Really? really, Yeah. Like, what were, what were people's reaction? Were they like, girl, are you, like, like, what's going on? Are you okay? Like, who was, who was, like, significant in your life?
1: Well, at that point, I'd really run – everyone was, like, so scared of me. And I think even all my friends, my family – well, my parents had had rescued me so many times for so many years that towards the end, they had to – after I had the hemorrhagic stroke, they finally were like, there's nothing we can do. We have to let go. So they just prepared themselves for my death, for my, my funeral. but. I think that even all my friends, they tried to be there for me, but people would get scared that um, I would die on their watch and they would be liable. So everyone would disappear and I would just be homeless on the streets wow. and befriend some, some other homeless people that yeah. were like the broken like me Yeah. and were throwaways and I could just go yeah. be myself and drink myself to death with
0: them. Let me just educate y'all. Uh, as an ICU nurse, a hemorrhagic stroke is where you actually burst a vessel in your brain. It's a highly deadly condition. It's yeah. of the strokes. It's probably the worst one to get. Yeah. And uh, that's gnarly. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Really crazy. And at how old? Like, 20s? I
1: turned 30 in the hospital. So, okay. yeah.
0: So, 30. So, like, I had
1: youth on my side for sure. Yeah.
0: Very be- uncommon situation for yeah. a 30 year old female.
1: Yeah. I mean, because I was consuming so much alcohol that my blood, obviously, you know, yeah. the blood gets very thin from consuming yeah. alcohol because the liver coagulates yeah. the blood. Yeah. So um, that, and then I fell over the railing of a staircase and it just burst. And I was like 80 p I I mean, I hadn't eaten. I, I, yeah. I get very physically like ill when I'm drinking because yeah. I just drop the food and it's only alcohol and I lose it's all my It's like a
0: dementor. Weight. It just sucks the yes. life out of me. Yes. I've never heard. Like it. I love dementor. that. It's like a dementor. just
1: yes. give- yeah. It sucks the life out of me. But what's Word. ironic is I'm in survival mode. Mm-hmm. That's the irony of addiction. Our reptilian brain oh. is telling us you have to get to that next drink to stay alive yeah. or you're going to die. And wow. and it looks like I'm killing myself. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, I'm actually living.
0: Yeah, and it's a solution. Yeah, it's like I need this.
1: It's effing insanity. That's Word. the insanity.
0: Okay, so let's get you sober. Like what's going down? <laughs> no, like what's going down here? Because like. Yeah, it's chaotic, it's uh, it's rambunctious, out of control. Yeah.
1: So I had the stroke in 2013.
0: Yeah, did that, were you like, okay, I need to stop?
1: No, because- that ever happen? Essentially, (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Um, Yes, because I'm sober now, so it does end up happening. But let me tell you, the stroke just felt like I was on an acid trip. Like, I was taking shrooms, and I saw gremlins everywhere, and the hospital was just a makeshift hospital, and I was... Whoa. It it just felt like I was tripping out, so I really didn't realize that I was close to death. Okay. So, it happened, and I, I, I was just... Yeah, they did the emergency brain surgery after day five. They had to get me to like come off the alcohol a little bit. Then I yeah. had, to, I started having back to back seizures. Then they went in, did the surgery, yeah. recovered miraculously, like got my strength back, was in the acute rehab facility for just only like two weeks. And then they thought I was going to be there for like six months. You know how long it yeah. takes to recover from mm-hmm. those. So, yeah. went. Back with my parents. It's and crazy. And,
0: and no symptom, like not even any symptoms.
1: N- no, the only thing that stuck for like a, a, a little under a year was I heard music differently. I okay. heard the instruments in the forefront and the voice. Everything sounded like a remix and Ooh. I couldn't stand it because I love music. Okay. It was trippy.
0: Interesting. But that's how
1: cr- fascinating the brain yeah. is. It's so funny. But that came back. Everything came back. My sense of humor. All oh, thank God. Everything came back. Um, but two months later they had me on a drug called Keppra, which yeah. is an anti-seizure med yeah. and it kept me very off. I was really? very erratic, okay, very hyper emotional, very mm. touchy. I was fighting with my parents. I went back to LA and I did it all over and it got way worse. I picked up again Whoa! and I just wanted out and I was just like, I guess death is like the only answer because mm. hemorrhage isn't going to do it. Then what is?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, um,
0: Wow, yeah. yeah, I know about Keppra. There's a lot of different meds, and that's definitely one of them. So you, like, run run in again. You're like, all right, going to be different. I'm yeah. going to work it.
1: Yeah. Ended up uh, in jail because I had had a couple, like, warrants out. I had a felony DUI. I hadn't showed up to court for a couple mm. from, like, a year and a half before. I had all these things that were out, and so when I got – the cops got me and um, took me into Linwood. I ended up having to stay for like a month, a little under a month. I was there over Thanksgiving. I hear it's
0: really comfortable in there. Oh, my gosh.
1: Let me just tell you. I hear it's
0: really luxurious.
1: Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I contracted lice on the streets before going, head lice, okay, okay. before going in. Yeah. Actually, from this woman's little girls, I got head lice. And let me just tell you, going to Linwood with head lice, because they're so, you know, the people in there are very crazy about hygiene. i It was like mean girls on steroids. Everyone wanted to kill me. It was the scary, it was the most traumatic wow. experience of my life. And I weighed like 80 pounds. I remember sheriffs just being like, why are you in here? Like, you're going to get killed. Oh, crap. So, um, but anyway, they, and they kept having to put me on... 72 hour holds in my cell yeah. alone to yeah. medicate my scalp and then they gave me librium to come off the alcohol and mm-hmm. anyway i was so traumatized i couldn't wait to get out and drink again
0: oh god so okay. of
1: course that did nothing but just drive me to the bottle so then i got out and i ended up with this homeless guy he was staying like at a uh, this guy's place he let me like crash on the floor and i remember he used to go sing outside of ross to make money yeah yeah And he was an ex-veteran and he kind of wasn't playing with a full deck and he'd just bring me back a bottle of vodka after every time he would go sing at the store. And he was just like feeding me alcohol. He kind of knew a little bit of my story. He knew that he was afraid I was going to have a seizure if I came off. So he just kept bringing me alcohol and I was just like laying there drinking myself to death. I atrophied down to, like, 78 pounds. I was urinating and defecating on myself towards the end. Yeah. And the acid from my urine started burning holes in the bony parts of my hips and tailbone. And it infected.
0: And getting some pressure sores. Exactly,
1: exactly. And so I got a blood staph infection.
0: Okay. And
1: then my body, my organs started really shutting down. And I remember... I remember feeling like, oh, this is different than like dying from alcohol. This is like legit. My organs are fa- are are failing, and and so I got desperate and I called an ex, and I gave I told him where I was, and he ended up coming the next morning, and the ambulance showed up, and they took me they took me to Brotman and I was in ICU I had a my BAC was 0.533 I had a, obviously the blood staff infection was you know
0: wow a little antibiotic course oh yeah long antibiotic course yeah, yeah exactly so okay so when are you saying to yourself this has got to stop like when does that happen well you
1: know what's funny i remember i remember everyone saying like the nurses my parent everyone my whole family like do you want to get sober now and i just remember thinking do you think I'd be here in this position if I wanted to be sober? Obviously, I don't want to be sober, but I don't want to die. That so, was the honest answer.
0: And I acknowledge that. I acknowledge you for that. And I'm sure that that is your truth. Of course, you just declared it. But what had you flipped the switch? That
1: was the flip. The switch okay. was, okay, if I don't want to die, it doesn't matter that I don't want to be sober. I don't want to mm. die. That's more important okay so if i have if i want to live i need to learn how to survive here i need to learn okay. how to live without alcohol
0: okay because i couldn't
1: that I couldn't, was the beginning even though i that was the beginning that, that was the, the switch beginning. was flipped
0: holy shnikes that was the
1: paradigm shift because i was desperate to live even if it was 51 percent 49 it was yeah. like if i'm gonna live i can't drink so i gotta learn how Got to it. not drink
0: so what happened
1: so I was in Brotman for a month. I went I begged my parents. They wanted me to go to treatment again and I'd been to nine rehabs and oh, I didn't gosh. trust myself and, okay. and so I begged to go so back to the treatment with
0: them. chain wasn't cutting it. It
1: wasn't cutting it at yeah. that point. And and I know it does for some people and it mm-hmm. did a lot of time. I'm sure it saved my life many yeah. times. But for me I needed I wanted I was desperate. I was so scared of of dying, of death yeah. that I want I needed to be near my parents. Got it. So um I went back to Napa with them. Started going to meetings like multiple a day. Yeah. I just leaned into the program. I leaned into people. I started truth telling. I
0: was just going to say, how honest were you? I got That's honest. Always right where away. it starts is somebody always. getting honest. Exactly. And for those listening, struggling, like listening to this profound story, like this is the Sober Life audio experience. Like this is your host, Brian. It starts with being honest.
1: It starts with being honest. And for me, you know, I needed to go back. Like, what was I not forgiving myself for? Mm. Because I was drinking in a very punitive way. Yeah. I was drinking in a. I'm go, I, and people would say, what are you, why are you trying to kill yourself? You're, yeah. You drink like you're trying to kill a demon in your gut. Oh, gosh. And it was true. Yeah. I was trying to drink myself to death. And, you know, I, I have sexual abuse at a young age, of yeah. molestation from a babysitter. And, um, and I think that I internalized that shame and I took it on as being my fault that I was culpable at least 50% that I brought it on and it manifested in illness and addiction. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to go back to the very beginning. Why did I start over binging and purging? Why did I?
0: That's never going to happen if you can't feel safe enough to go there. Exactly. Comfortable enough to bring that up. Absolutely. Trust something. Become honest. Exactly, And really, like, it takes courage.
1: It takes a lot of courage.
0: A lot of courage.
1: It does. And being being vulnerable is one of the most courageous things you could ever
0: do. Oh, 100%. It's a way of strength, really.
1: It really is.
0: So it sounds like there was some of that going on and maybe some people that were influential.
1: Oh, incredibly influential because I find God in people. Yeah. When you look deep enough into another human being, you see the face of God. You see the source of all things. It gives me chills to think about because yeah. really every spiritual experience I had in the beginning of the going to meetings was with people through people. Yeah. God works through people. Yeah. So it makes me cry just thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that the, the shift, it, more more revelations, just more awakenings, more spiritual awakenings through people, through relationships, connecting, truth telling.
0: So. This vulnerability, this truthfulness, this honesty, these are all ways of being that are absolutely pertinent to a transformation, to a new way of life, to awaken to the spiritual. If you want to say spiritual awakening backwards, that is. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: What what led you to where you are now?
1: You know, I had to pick up some really healthy habits like gratitude was a huge Mm. one for me. And Mm. I'm not talking about spiritual Uh, circumstantial gratitude because after after having lice and being in linwood you're going to be grateful for everything but it doesn't last when it's circumstantial
0: it has to
1: be a practice a daily thing you focus on the five or ten things that you are grateful for you're looking for those things it shifts the lens through which you see the world yeah it really does Mm-hmm. You automatically attract more blessings into your life when you're mm-hmm. focusing on what you're grateful for. Yeah. I have an incredible family. My parents are still together. I I've, you know, I have a great relationship with my brother. There's so much to be grateful for in my life that yeah. it was, it, that really helped me get closer to God.
0: You, you know, I, I want to piggyback off that. And like one thing I know, at least many times with addicts and alcoholics is that we are typically the cause of our problems. And I used to get kind of pissed about that is because like, you know, I'd felt kind of shameful about it. But what I realized, it was a tremendous statement of hope because what that means is, is that the world doesn't need to change for me to be okay. Yes. All that has to happen is a shift internally. Mm -hmm. And whatever it takes to have that, we've discussed many ways of being that are going to support an internal shift. And I love this practice of gratitude being that. Because yeah. it changes exactly the lens that you look at, you know? It's
1: so true.
0: You know, like if, uh, if uh, you had a chair on a table and you asked 10 people to paint a picture of a chair on a table, you'd have 10 pictures of a chair on a table. Would any of them look the same? No, but everyone would be able to know what it was. Right. And it's that lens and that perception that we look through which can make the difference.
1: Exactly. And that's
0: not going to happen if we can't take on some of the things that have us stuck in the way that we're looking at things.
1: It's so true. You know? Yeah. And I think having that shift in perception from body identification to spirit identification was, you know— The program really created that for me It's like, I'm not my body. I'm not my ego. I'm a a spiritual being and I I can really cultivate this and tap into the Christ consciousness or the source Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. I, you know, for me, I have to start my day with prayer on my knees, authentic communication with God, like just really like, yeah being honest and really mm-hmm. opening up my heart that changes my day too so yeah. it just puts you in a space of gratitude right there
0: a hundred percent and i know i'll say for me that i acknowledge that and i do that and then what happens for me is i coast it gets so good that it yeah. becomes easy to not do it
1: oh and, i know right and, I, I know and
0: then i'm in a state where i'm like but back, there's, yeah there's back. all
1: There's always a reminder to get you back, though. No doubt. No doubt.
0: doubt. And it usually creeps up in the form of if I'm really watching and being a watcher, and that's a spiritual practice to be a watcher in your life. And it it shows up as selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, or fear. Yeah. Those are instant signs that uh, I'm off the beam. Yep. I'm probably running the Brian show, Mm -hmm. and it's time to uh, pause, turn, you know, ask, and maybe discuss with someone else what's going on and then get realigned. Exactly. Word. 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 So what's up? Let's let's wrap this up as we get close to the end here. What are you up to now? Why is things better? Like you're so bright and vibrant. Like I wish y'all could see her eyes. She's glowing right now. We've got a cool little light in the room. It's just I mean, Thank truly you. beautiful.
1: That's really so you're you're glowing as well, right? <laughs> 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 um so I wrote a memoir called Human on Fire.
0: Shout out Human on Fire. Is yeah. it on Amazon?
1: It's not yet. Okay. So I'm querying agents right now. Okay. Uh, my website is up so you can see little vignettes of the book on humanonfire.com.
0: Perfect.
1: And um, I work in recovery, so there's magic in that. I, I feel like I get so much healing working with people that are coming right off their drug of choice. G-
0: preach, girl. You get it. Preach. Like- I mean, y'all know on the show, Roman and I have an intensive outpatient program in San Diego, and it is so humbling. It's humbling. I mean, we, we got a guy the other day, came to us with pants, nothing else. He was oh. sleeping in a bush for like a week. And like talk about being on the front lines. Oh, my gosh. Taking people lines. on and just loving them up. Yes. Supporting them clearing the mind and then just like it's a matter of like pumping in like you're important you matter it can you happen you know valuable. you have a voice you're valuable you're enough yeah and and, and then coming up with the anger and the resentment, everything that comes with this
1: yeah exactly. you know it takes a
0: tender spirit and a gentle soul
1: well and what we've been through has created this level of compassion and yeah. empathy that goes yeah. it runs so deep yeah it's profound
0: oh absolutely yeah. And that's why we're specially equipped. It's true. You know, and, and that's something I've kind of been, I go through those phases where it's like, why God? Like, why did that have to happen? Right. And then, you know, usually if, if I'm diligent and I'm really, if I really want the answer, it will come. Well, yeah. You know, sometimes I think I I uh, I think I want it, but I, I, I kind of know it and I don't want to hear it.
1: Right, right. Well, those experiences, I mean, we have a PhD in experience.
0: Yeah, we do. Holla.
1: And we're using using it for good is is the is the key, and I think you are, and
0: and obviously yourself, which is why um, it's such an honor and blessing to have you on here. Thank you. Like I said, y'all, before we wrap it up, what's one like little nugget or pearl of wisdom you would say to someone currently suffering listening to this show? What do you, what would you leave them with? Oh,
1: just get honest with another human being and um, ask for help. Be be Courageous enough to get vulnerable and truthful, and you're not alone, and we're in it together.
0: Hell yeah. Amen. So, this has been another episode of the Sober Life audio experience with your host, Brian, aka Sober Bry with two Y's. uh, Check us out, Sober Life Recovery Solutions, an incredible outpatient treatment program in downtown San Diego. This episode has been brought to you by Specialty Produce Network. We love them. They're an awesome, awesome produce retailer here in San Diego. And this has been the fabulous guest, Jessica Landon. And plug yourself. We've got your Instagram, your book coming out, your website.
1: Jessica Landon, 12, is my Instagram. Human on Fire is the book, is the memoir. And humanonfire.com is the website.
0: And if you want to laugh which we all know you do, you need to check our Instagram out.
1: (laughs) Thank you.
0: Until next time, San Diego and the world, we'll see you soon.
1: The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary
0: applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote. we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.